Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Old Testament reading of 1 Kings, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you may have heard this one before, but when we talk about the difference between knowledge and wisdom, someone once said that knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit, and wisdom is not putting that tomato in a fruit salad. In other words, as someone has also said, knowledge is the acquiring of facts, the gathering of data, information. And wisdom is the application of those facts, that information. That's exactly what we see in our Old Testament reading for today. As we hear the story of Solomon as king, who has replaced his father David on the throne. God comes to Solomon in a dream and says, Ask what I shall give you. I'll give you whatever you want. Go ahead and ask for it. To that, Solomon says, I am but a little child. Give me an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. Now, he is not literally a child here, because Rehoboam, his heir, is born before he becomes king. So since he's old enough to have a child, we would not consider him to be a little child, even if he may have been just a teenager or in his early 20s at this point when he becomes king, when he says these words to God. I mean, think about yourself. Maybe back when you were in high school. Or maybe just after graduation, your first few years out of high school, whether you were in college, university, whether you were working, whether you were just living in your parents' basement. I mean, if you were working, imagine what it would have been like if you became the owner of that company, the owner of that business. You have to make all the decisions. You have to set the work schedules for all the employees. You have to hire. You have to fire. You have to figure out how to make a profit so that you don't go out of business. If you are at school, imagine you become the president of that university. You have all of that staff under you, all of the students you're responsible for, making sure that they're getting the best education possible, deciding what programs to offer, deciding what programs to cut, and also how to make sure you make a profit. If you were at home, imagine having to do all your own laundry and all your own cooking and all your own cleaning. And not just your room, but everyone else's room in the house as well. And not just when you feel like it, but all the time. And you have to pay all of the bills so that you can still stay in that house. At 19, 20 years old, how many of you would have been ready for that? Probably not many of us. Now imagine having to rule over an entire nation of people. God says to Solomon, ask me for anything. And Solomon says he's a little child because of all the experience that he's lacking. He's never ruled an entire kingdom before. He doesn't know how to lead and govern the people of Israel. So he asks God for help in doing that for the wisdom and understanding and discernment to serve as their king. 
And God is pleased with this prayer, this request, because he doesn't ask for long life or riches or the destruction of his enemies. He actually just asked to be a good king, to do what is right for his kingdom. And God says, I'm going to give you that and so much more. I'll give you the riches and the honor. I'll make you a king that everybody will remember. And here we are today talking about that man, a man who is known for his wisdom, which was put to the test right away as we see these two women come before him, both of whom had given birth to sons and due to the death of one of their children are now fighting over that remaining living child. The true mother of the living child is revealed when Solomon decides to have that baby split in half wanting to give each woman a half. The baby's mother, of course, protests and actually says to let the other woman keep the child so that that child doesn't die. While the other woman, whose child is the one that had died, supports and even encourages the king's judgment, the death of this other child. From that moment on, everyone in the kingdom knew that King Solomon had gotten his wisdom from God. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that Solomon's prayer, his request for wisdom from God, is something that all of us can use or could have used at some point in our life. As I think about my own life currently, I think about all of the things that have happened over the course of my life, I know that I need God's wisdom. Like in my marriage, as a husband— in my family, as a father, in the church, as a pastor. Every day I wake up, I probably should say, I don't know how to lead my family well, God. I don't know how to shepherd the hearts of my children to believe in you, God. I don't know how to carry out my duty as a husband and a father. Help me, God. I mean, sure, I know what God's word says, right? That I'm supposed to love my wife. Just like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. But I'm a selfish individual. And I love myself more than I love God. And I love myself more than I love my wife. And this shows whenever I give in to temptation. Whenever I sin when I put my wants, my desires above that of my wife, of my family. I know that God's word says to train up a child in the way that they should go, and they will not depart from it. But I can't even get my children to consistently pick up their toys off the floor. Pay attention during the children's chat. How in the world... Can I keep them faithful to God so that they consistently live their life for him? Stay in the word. Come to church. I know God's word says that I'm supposed to shepherd the flock to give oversight, to be an example to you. And then I look in the mirror and I see a poor, miserable reflection. I see a sinner who is not worthy of the life that I've been given. 
who is not worthy of the blessings of the family that I have, who is not worthy of the calling that I've received from God. I see myself as worthy of the fate that Solomon was, giving, was going to give to that living child that two women were fighting over. To be cut in two. That's what I feel like I deserve. And the great king, the great judge, God Almighty, would be right in giving me just that. Because what my sins deserve is death. Physical death, yes. Like being cut in half. But also eternal death. Forever being separated from God and his grace and his love and his wisdom, which is beyond our understanding. And that's what we all deserve for our sins. For all the times that we love ourselves more than God. For all the times we love ourselves more than our family, our neighbors. For serving our selfish needs rather than serving God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. For not listening to God's commands. For not obeying his rules for our life. For disrespecting him with our sinful thoughts, words, and actions. And God looks at us and he sees little children in need. Little children who are helpless, who are lost, who cannot save themselves from their sinful condition. Little children who need to be rescued, redeemed, saved from death, saved from hell. And God, in his infinite wisdom, did it by doing the only thing that could be done. Becoming a little child himself. Being born of a woman, a virgin, being born under the law to redeem us who are under the law, who are under the condemnation of the law. And so Jesus comes to earth for us. The Son of God who knew no sin was the perfect Son, the perfect child in every way, grew into a man, not deserving any punishment, not deserving any condemnation or death, but he bears our sin bears our punishment, takes our death, takes our hell. Because he does not want us to suffer hell. Rather, he wants us to have eternal life. He loves us so much that he was willing to give up his life for us. He loves us so much that he did everything that he could to save us. He loves us so much. He loves you so much. That he died an excruciating death on the cross. Because his death meant giving you life. And then he rose from the dead. And with that comes the promise that you too will rise again. He loves you so much that he then sent his Holy Spirit to create faith in you. To believe in him. And by believing you have eternal life. Heaven is guaranteed for you. And he loves you, the church, his people so much. That he has given his means of grace to bless you. To help you grow in faith and knowledge and wisdom. In baptism, he brings you into his family, letting you know who you really are. That you are his dearly loved child. That you are called by him by name. That you are washed clean in the waters through his blood. Forgiven, redeemed, given the gift of faith through the Holy Spirit. And as you hear then God's word, he gives you more knowledge of him. As you hear, he works in you to give you wisdom, 
the wisdom that you need to take what you know, that knowledge that you learn, and apply it correctly in every area of your life. As you come to the Lord's table to receive his body and blood in the bread and wine, he does it again to bring you forgiveness, to strengthen your faith, to assure you of the promise of eternal life that you have in him by faith. And he has promised never to leave us or forsake us that he will hear our prayers, that he will answer us in his own way and in his own time. And today is a good day to pray for wisdom. And as we heard in the New Testament reading, James writes, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. God is the one who gives faith. And God is the one who helps us to ask for wisdom without doubting. And God is the one who gives wisdom generously. And that sounds like a recipe for success. Like a fruit salad without tomatoes. It's all God, and it's none of me. So where do you need God's wisdom in your life? Whether you're sitting here today as a little child as a big child, whether you're sitting there single, engaged, you're a husband, you're a wife, maybe you're a widow, maybe you're divorced, you're sitting there as a father, as a mother, as a friend, maybe you're feeling unsure, uncertain of what the future holds for you, maybe you're struggling with temptation and sin. Maybe you're struggling with your place in this world. Maybe you're struggling with your place in this church. Maybe you are uncertain of what your life will become. Maybe you're struggling with your faith. We come before the Lord and we pray and we ask for wisdom. We ask God for discernment, for an understanding mind to see that God is working through you in all of your circumstances in life. You pray for the knowledge to see his word and what it contains, the actual word of God, and the wisdom to, wisdom to understand it and apply it to your life. And you pray that God would lead you through all of the ups and the downs in your life, and that in the end, he would find you faithful because he has given you faith. He has given you wisdom. He has given you his love. And because of that, you are blessed. As James goes on to say, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. I don't know what God has in store for your life. What trials may come. I don't know what God has in store for my life. And I know there's a lot of praying for wisdom in my future, for discernment, for an understanding heart on a daily basis so that I can be his child, so that I can be a, a husband, so that I can be a father, so that I can be a pastor in that order as he has called me to be, so that I can lead as God leads me. 
that he will keep my faith steadfast in him and that when he calls me home i will be found faithful and receive the crown of life not because of anything i've done but all because of what he has done the blessings that he has bestowed upon me because he is loving and gracious and merciful and wise these words are true for you too and god grant you his wisdom and his spirit to keep you faithful and give you everlasting life to him who is of greater wisdom than solomon who will train you up in the way you should go so that you won't depart from it who is unconditional sacrificial steadfast in his love for you who is the great shepherd of the flock who died and rose for you who is the way the truth and the life and who will bring you into his heavenly kingdom to him be all honor glory and praise amen and amen